Boimler. 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 Everybody and welcome to Into the Wormhole with Larissa and Lauren. I'm Larissa Maestro, your captain, and here with me is my number one, Lauren Lowen. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, it's been a while. So we have not uh, recorded a new episode in a few weeks, and we don't really have to explain why, <laughs> but I just thought. This would be a good time to say, like, Lauren's got a baby, so there's lots of childcare and baby things that are important, children things that are important to take care of that make scheduling, recording stuff maybe a little more complicated than it would be for people that don't have kids. And then on top of that, there has been a lot of anti-Asian violence in the country and specifically the big event, which was the shooting in Atlanta a few weeks ago. That was a lot for me to process. I am a member of the API community. So uh, that whole thing was really fucking awful and hard for me. Um, And I just needed some time to sit with the, all the feelings that were coming up and all of the pain that I was going through. So thanks for being patient. Lauren and I have talked about doing uh, an episode about our favorite Asians on Star Trek, which is very fun and I think would be cool to sort of like talk positively about like, you know, our favorite Asian actors and characters on the show. So um, look out for that coming in the future. Um, In the meantime, I super highly suggest listening to the podcast, All the Asians on Star Trek. It is uh, hosted by the guy who is responsible for the blog Angry Asian Man. And if you know that blog, I'm guessing you're probably Asian. (laughs) But it is a really cute, cool podcast where he just invites people who have been a part of Star Trek over the years to to come on and and talk about their experiences. So it's really cool. So highly recommend that in the meantime. But uh, yeah, thanks for being patient with us. And uh, I'm going to edit the crap out of what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to hand it off to Lauren now. What are we talking about? The sweet magic <laughs> of editing. I love that. Um, thank you, Larissa. And I'll have to check that out. I haven't, I don't think I've come across that one. So I look forward yeah. to it. And um, yeah, so we are continuing our conversation about Lower Decks, the newer Star Trek animation that debuted last August, I believe. Yeah. We have an older episode that covered episode one through three. And we are now finally coming back to talking about the rest of the show, which I think is kind of interesting that we took such a long break instead of just uh, going right to it. 
I wonder yeah. if it says something about the show that it took us so long to um, get back to it. I was kind of worried that mm. it might mean that it was fine, but it just didn't really sink its nails into us. However, um, Larissa, I have quite a statement that I want to tell you that I think we'll, we'll kick off this episode as we continue our conversation on it. Uh, I'm excited. Yes. I'm intrigued. I so I, you, by the way, to explain the listener, when we talked about Lower Decks, you just went and saw the whole thing. So that was August, right? Yeah, I binged the whole fucking thing in August. <laughs> I goofed and didn't give you enough a heads up. You have not had a chance to review the the later episodes that we are talking about today, but didn't talk about yeah. back in August. I mean, I, I put them on last night while I was sure, doing other things. Sure. So I didn't, I wasn't like sitting down and taking notes like I normally would. I was just like oh I, yeah that's right that happened yeah yeah exactly you kind know? of the big picture things to just remember yeah. what would happen what episode was that uh and then yeah. i had seen one through four and uh i think we maybe talked a little bit about four last time yeah we did. um but i saw in the last two two or three days i watched the rest um there's 10 episodes so i just gobbled up the last six episodes that we really haven't gone over as much and um and i can say that if, if someone told me I had to either rewatch Picard or rewatch Lower Decks, I would pick Lower Decks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a jolly good time. <laughs> Again, I want to say I am a, a Rick and Morty fan. This is definitely in that vein. And the creator yeah. who I always butcher his last name, I add like a like an extra syllable. So, Larissa, give yeah. us that information. Who, who's... Mike McMahon. Thank you. He, he was involved in Rick and Morty. It's very much got that tone. That we talked about. Um, and he's been involved in some other kind of adult snarky animations like South Park and stuff. But I had I had a lot of fun watching it. I think I would have had even mm. more fun watching it with a fellow Star Trek fan. But I, yeah. I just found that the episodes in general, they were, you know, snappy. It, they were short. I thought they were pretty solid. I laughed. I cried. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it... it, it yeah, like that's the only way I can kind of kick off this conversation in an interesting way is saying I I think this is a a tighter package than maybe what Picard was going for. I think that they definitely had their direction down. Like they knew exactly what they were going for when they made Lower Decks. Yeah. I'm not so sure if they did with Picard. And we've talked about it. We've talked about how like there are problems. Picard had a, a, a tall order, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was so much more pressure. Yes. So much more pressure on Picard. It's not like the animated series, the TOS animated series, was such a big deal. And everybody <laughs> knows every episode that if you do another animated series, then everyone's going to be watching with bated breath. It's not the same <laughs> as, like, you're bringing back, like, literally the most beloved captain and we have to... <laughs> and you're bringing in seven. I mean, it wasn't just an... Seven? Yeah, it wasn't reserved data? to next gen. You were bringing yeah. a, a lot of the the lore, no pun intended, of... Yeah, completely. Of Star Trek. Yeah. And pro and, and making promises to, to the fandom, too. Like, asking Whoopi Goldberg on national television to be on season two. Like, that kind of that kind of stuff where, like, they're, they were just, like, pumping up the expectations on Picard. But Lower Decks kind of, like flew under the radar and even though there are I, I have some complaints about it hmm. 
Um, I sure. have absolutely enjoyed the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun because like we're not used to purposeful written full episode full of humor on Star Trek. Like we're used to like a wink and a smile at the end of an episode. You know, we're used to like a tiny little joke like, oh, Data didn't get it again. <laughs> do, do, do. We're not used to like giggles. You know, we're not used to like literal jokes that are about Star Trek. Like we only do those things with each other, you know? So like it's fun to see that on an actual Star Trek show. Yeah, and and again they're they're roughly like 20, maybe 25 minutes and yeah, so I, I yes, like obviously a show like Lower Decks is going to be like less complicated basically. Like they know what they are and they, they are supposed to be just these little narratives like you said, very much a laced of humor and inside references they're, they're little little snacks little star trek snacks. yeah but I, again like i think not i think individually but also the series as a whole was executed quite well like they they knew what they were going for and they pulled it off it's kind of like a side note um have you been watching the mandalorian yes okay so i'm yes, i'm all of it i'm as much of a star wars fan as like the next person i'm not into it any more than just a casual watcher you know i kind of yeah. know all the typical references and stuff like that but I'm definitely not like a, a Star Wars person but I love like the Mandalorian just like you said has mm-hmm. like anything it has problems it has issues and I would say some um, definitely some of the episodes are stronger than others but I thought that was so well done because they went for a much sort of smaller thing um, again like the episodes yeah. are kind of nice chapters and they all go together just like Picard was supposed to be but I also mm-hmm. feel like the Mandalorian just had a had a smaller story to tell and they told it really well and you know that's another example just like lower decks of like let's simplify things a little bit whether it's the story or just what we're trying to achieve and yeah so i know this is like going a lot bigger than lower decks but i think it's interesting no i think you know what that's really interesting that you can compare it to the mandalorian because there absolutely are so many now huge franchises that are doing a shorter run like TV show kind of stuff. Like Marvel is doing this too, like with WandaVision. I don't know if you watched WandaVision. I didn't have time, but Keith did and my brother did. Yeah. And I know it's been very um, critically acclaimed. It's really good. It's very, very good. But in a, in a way, it's the same sort of concept where you have this enormous universe right this enormous star trek universe the enormous marvel universe the enormous star wars universe and you're just sort of focusing in a story on a tiny piece of that universe and that's i mean that's sort of a tactic that a lot of these franchises are using now that is i think really smart because there are there are so many details inside these universes and there are so many now, I mean, especially for Star Trek, but there are so many inside jokes. <laughs> there are so many things that you can bring back for fans. There are so many Easter eggs you can put in. There are so many breadcrumbs you can put in. And fans eat that shit up. We really do. So same with with a show like WandaVision, same with a show like The Mandalorian, where the the people making those shows were just like sprinkling in tiny little pieces of you know fun exciting uh fan candy except 
with lower decks, that's cranked up to like 25 on a scale of one to 10. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. And I actually have in my notes, like a couple of references. Well, actually just one that I was like, oh, I don't know that episode. I'm lost. <laughs> like this reference. I now know I how know, it they feels. Were just, <laughs> it was just like a fucking confetti cannon and each piece of confetti is a reference to some other star trek thing it was just there's so many here's the them. interesting thing though i was listening to our old episode or the previous episode of lower decks uh this morning just to kind of remind myself oh. what we had discussed i should have done that that was that's a good idea well it's not that we were going to repeat ourselves but i was like where where were yeah. our minds at that point point? and one thing mm. i noticed and it's kind of curious that one of us watched us watched it in one go versus me who watched it and then went back and watched the later end yeah um at a separate like many months later um some of the issues that i think we had with the with the first part i feel like ease up a little bit i definitely think yeah. it starts off well um i in the first part of our lower decks kind of review i hate to call it review because it's like we don't care if you (laughs) follow our opinion you're just listening us talk we're not giving you recommendations we're just talking about what we think i definitely said like (laughs) give it a few episodes you know like the first one to me is definitely the one that's uh, in general i just don't like first episodes because they're just they have to get so much off the ground before they get into like more just fun things but we talked about some of the dialogue being what you even said was probably sped up in post. Like it's, yeah. it's too fast and too snappy. Yeah. I only noticed that once in the last six episodes. I think they huh. really eased it up. Yeah. I think they eased it up too. I mean, I, I notice in a lot of like new modern adult animation that in general, the audio does, feel sped up like Bob's Burgers feels sped up to me okay you know I don't watch Family Guy but I'm sure it also is <laughs> you know <laughs> like it's just a st- it's just a style yeah, or, it's just yeah. like a stylistic choice so um I did still feel that but I it wasn't like it didn't drive me nuts <laughs> is what I is what I'm trying to say yeah and then the other thing that I want to say is I think in our first episode I brought up the point that I felt like in the first three episodes, because if, if the listener doesn't know, a lot of times when a new show is debuted, the first three episodes will be given to journalists and reviewers to give them a sampling. Mm. So sometimes those first three episodes can be very crucial to the initial kickoff to a series. And I mentioned in our first review that I was hoping that the references would still be there, but that they would maybe bring it down a notch so that I felt like they were trying to sell it. And therefore, it was like, we got to cram yeah. these first three episodes of all these references. And I definitely felt like yeah. later on, that got a, a little, like, just a little bit more comfortable, a little more breathing room. So that was nice to see that the stories yeah. I felt like weren't so jam-packed to the point where maybe it was a little distracting. Or you even brought yeah. up with the amount of references and the sped-up dialogue, you couldn't catch everything. It was so fucking fast. Yeah. I was like, I'm missing out. I, I mean, I do. I totally agree. Like, I feel like especially the first three episodes, it felt like they were proving their knowledge. Right. Like we're legit. The franchise. We have to prove to yeah. you we're, we're legit. Yeah. And not just to like a journalist. Like they were they were like saying, hey, fandom, th- we're real. We can. We know. <laughs> we know about we're it. We're down with we it. We know we're about hip. the things. 
We've seen it. We've seen the episodes as much as you have. We all we know all of the things. Like here, look at this obscure reference. We're gonna talk about Rogadanar. Um, but <laughs> but like it's it it definitely did feel like they started to focus more on their particular part of the universe as opposed to so many moments where they felt like they had to prove it, prove it, prove mm-hmm. it, prove it, prove yeah. it, you know, while still bringing in stuff that, that was like, um, like, like bringing in a whole character. That's an exocomp. I was just like, <laughs> yes. That's on my notes. And then, and then doing what they did with her. Well, yeah. was, I was like, Fuck yes. First of all, I've been waiting for the exocomps to come back since I saw that episode. Like that I love that episode, by the way. I forget what the episode is called. I, is I forget too. Called? I actually don't know if I really paid a close attention because I was just playing one yeah. after the other and it was like episode eight, episode nine. Oh, I mean I mean the the TN the Oh, TNG I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Damn. Well, all I cause like what I remember is like it being like a personal thing for data like he was like i know that these these machines have sentience i yes. know they do and i'm gonna prove that they do because if they do then i'm not alone it's a very beautiful episode it's a very beautiful data episode so like i've i've been like where the fucking ass like where are they at? Well, it, it brings you back know? a good point that you have brought up several times in this podcast, which is, are they ever going to go back to that? Like, we, okay, we found like a sentient robot. And I think, I think in the show, like they eventually, they don't like, like, I think they're basically, they get so advanced, they shut down on their own. I, I forget what happens yeah. to them. Some, someone's probably they, screaming it at me, but. Oh, the exocomps, don't they volunteer like they they actually get to a point oh yeah that, they like they like TNG, sacrifice themselves yeah, yeah but it's yeah, their choice like we need your help and they're like okay we'll help Aww. you yeah and they they actually and it's so sweet yeah but like <laughs> and I think the, oh go ahead sorry <laughs> but then the the continuation of the exocomp story in is like so fucking hilarious I just joined like, Starfleet to piss off my dad that's what I it know. says. Oh my god. And also, I just have to very quickly say that um one of my favorite like personal moments in this whole <laughs> season was in that episode and it was so you know how Rutherford's uh cyborg implant is like he's trying to cycle yes! the personality which I, which I back felt to like normal. was like an Instagram reference almost to yeah. the filters. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it felt like. The listener, yeah. Rutherford has a cyborg implant and he's he's flipping through modes the way someone might. So it's like sexy mode and then there's like sleepy mode. And, <laughs> and it, it kind of, it feels like when you're filtering through a, an Instagram thing and it's like the puppy filter, the glitter filter. Yeah, yeah, it very much is. Um, And so again, we've we said this before or I talked about how I was excited about this. Rutherford is voiced by Eugene Cordero, who is Filipino-American. That was really exciting for me. And then <laughs> in this episode, when the exocomp, whose name is Peanut Hamper, <laughs> <laughs> decides that she's not interested in help. <laughs> Opposite. Decides she's not interested in helping with this mission to save the ship, basically. Uh <laughs> 
Rutherford turns around and says, Peanut Hamper, there are so many lives at stake <laughs> in a Tagalog accent. And I was like, you did not just, you did not. I like literally rewound it multiple times just because first of all, that's the first time I've heard a Filipino accent on Star Trek. That was beautiful. But also it was the thing that he said was so ridiculous and hilarious. I, I was I was so just happy and proud in that moment. I was like, the thing that you said. And also, like, knowing that, like, there's no way that a director was like, what if you did a Tagalog accent there? Yeah, so I he guarantee, just did it. And they're like, that's the take. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee he was like, I'm just going to talk like, a, like my mom right now. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. After that, he knows that the only people that noticed it were people like me. So I, I, I knew that that moment was for me. Aww. I wish I could have been there to like witness oh. your reaction. It felt, it felt like so wonderful. Cause like that's part of the, one of the things about Star Trek that is like so beautiful is that like people of all backgrounds have those moments with Star Trek where mm, they're like, yeah. that was for me. Discovery is offering new moments like that to new demographics of people. It's always, it's always been part of what Star Trek is. And I got one of those, Yay. moments, you know, yeah. and it was, it was like, I cried little tears. I understand. Actually, while I was like laughing hysterically because <laughs> that episode was great. Um, You know what? It, it, to that point though, with the, the exocomp, like that's yeah. kind of something I noticed too, with the episodes towards the end that I liked more was in the beginning, it felt like when a reference came, it was just like, boom, it's two seconds. It's over. Towards the end, a lot of the episodes I think were stronger because a lot of those references became the whole episode, actual story plots or yeah, they were like given more time to yeah. shine and then you yeah. could really enjoy a more kind of complex and sophisticated joke and stuff. Um, so yeah, yes. the exocomp deciding they're like, you can save the day. And she's like, ah, I'm going to pass. And just all <laughs> her adventure of being a new, you know, entity on the ship. And I mean, Badgie. Oh God! It's when I was okay. I was gonna bring up Badgie. Were you just about to say Badgie? Because we have to. Can talk I talk about, about Badgie? Badgie? Yeah, I've been thinking about please. Badgie so much. Um. Oh my God. Because <laughs> this is a perfect example where um Rutherford and Tendy. 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 Yeah, I realized. I'm like, oh, I have. I've been saying her name wrong. They are in the holodeck doing a a, a training exercise because Rutherford has been developing it. And this is a perfect example of where I thought it was just going to be a little quick joke and it became something much more. And I really appreciated that. But while they're in there, the the program's interacting with them and we get Badgie, who basically is a spoof of the Microsoft Word Clippy. Like if you, <laughs> I, I wonder if like younger people are as familiar with Clippy as like our generation, but... Oh Any, no! I, I honestly, I think we're the last generation. <laughs> I was wondering, we're I the last like generation to know about Clippy. So Clippy was, uh, <laughs> if you were Microsoft Word and you were like starting to write something that looked like a resume or something, Clippy would be this little humanoid animated paperclip. Well, he just had <laughs> eyes, um, but he was like a bouncy paperclip with big cartoon eyes, and he'd be like, "It looks like you're writing a resume. Do you need help?" <laughs> and so they have Badgie. That pops up in the holodeck with the same sort of like, hi, like chipper. What can I do for you? Um, Who the fuck at Microsoft was like, what if we made a little, a little animated paperclip that just pops up and is like, 
are you writing a letter? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Clippy, I'm writing a letter. I don't need your help. I don't think I ever <laughs> use Clippy. No, not one time did I use Clippy. There's no, not one. That was funny because I actually felt like it was a, the few times that they took a, a reference from just something else, yeah. you know, and put it in Star Trek, which I thought was funny. Yeah. And it, it really is like it's a giant Star Trek badge with, with like goofy Mickey Mouse, you know, hands and, or arms and legs and then a googly eyes. And, and I love the fact that when it's loading stuff, it just sort of looks deadpan and comatose. But anyways... <laughs> What happens? Well, there's a there's an accident and the safety protocol is shut oh, off. Also, sorry. Also voiced by Jack McBrayer. Yes. Who you'll know oh my gosh. as Kenneth from 30 Rock. He does such a good job. Perfect, perfect voice casting. So I thought I thought Badgie was going to end there. Like, oh, ha ha. OK, it's like a clippy thing. But then what happens is they parlay it into there's a safety protocol. You know, they get shut off the safety protocols. And then Badgie turns demonic and and becomes killer Badgie <laughs> and wants to basically kill the characters because they, they've kind of been a little mean to him when he was in nice mode. So, yeah, it turns into this long kind of cat and mouse thing that it's more like a B plot. But the fact that they took it that long and, and made it more of a like, oh, again, something's wrong with the holodeck. Now Badgie's trying to kill them. I, I really enjoyed Badgie. Badgie to me was a highlight of Absolutely. Yeah, and we even get Absolutely. more Badgie in the very last episode, but I won't yep, spoil Badgie that. Comes back. Yeah, Badgie comes back. It's 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 because what they did was they took elements of Star Trek, like the holodeck malfunction. Yes. Is like a Star Trek staple. Exactly. We love a holodeck malfunction. We love when people get stuck in there. And then for some reason, the safety pro. Why is it even an option to shut off the safety protocols? We don't know. It just is. Somebody gets stuck in there. Sometimes it's you're you're stuck in there, and then everyone's data, and then they're all trying to kill you. Sometimes <laughs> you're stuck in there, and Moriarty is c- controlling the ship, and he wants to leave the holodeck. You know, like there's so many instances. But this was just like, it it had the spirit, you know, it had the spirit while still being like utterly ridiculous. Yeah, that was one <laughs> where I felt like the humor, the self-awareness, everything kind of came together and it was really fun. Um, I also liked how I want to say it's like the next episode. These were two were like back to back, but I thought of you because again, it's like, are, are we ever, is Star Trek, I mean, Starfleet going to do something about it? We have a storyline where we find out what happens to all the people <laughs> where shit goes wrong. <laughs> and I and it's like, episode. basically they go around rounding up all the freak accidents. Like if there's a teleporter accident or if someone, you know, accidentally got joined together or they have a character that's like half of him is aging and half of him is de-aging at the same time. So all these ridiculous things and they, they're picking them all up to, to send them to the farm. But that just immediately brought me back to so many comments you have about the double Riker and all these things. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. What happened? Are we going to do any research on this? Yes. No? Are we going to okay. yeah. prevent this? Or <laughs> So I love yes. the fact. And that storyline has its own little funny twist. But I, I feel like that was a funny thing, too, where... Transporter accident. 
Yeah, where episode. it wasn't just like a, a reference, but I thought it was nice that it was more of like, this always happens. Let's make a commentary, a humorous commentary on the fact of like, what's the reality of that situation afterwards? Yes. And what I'm hoping is that that Lower Decks can be a vehicle for answering all of my <laughs> questions <laughs> about what the fuck happened to that thing that was a big deal for a single episode and then nobody ever hears about it again. Yeah. That's what I want. I want I want Mike McMahon and crew to go through all of Star Trek and be like, hey, there was that one thing that was like, why? And like, what? And we're just going to go back to that and be like, so this? <laughs> that's that's what I want. I have, that's what I'm hoping for. So I do have like a list of, of a short list of just things I want to touch upon that might get your memory going, but things that really stuck yeah. out to me. Okay. One. Now this is a reference. This is something where if you're not a Star Trek fan, this wouldn't be nearly as funny, but there's that sequence in one of the episodes where Rutherford is his cyborg implant is updating. And so he keeps like blacking oh out. And at one point he has to do a fan dance. They're like, quick, distract him with a fan dance. And that's definitely, <laughs> I mean, that's a, a reference to her, right? When she's yes. got the fan dance and yes. distracting the, <laughs> yes. And then he shows up at a Gorn wedding and he's just being yeah, right. Gorn wedding. But the the fan dance especially. I was like, that's yes. good. Um so he's doing the very fan dance good. and he's not really being very sensual about it. Yeah. Um I also thought if you Because Rutherford the, is the least sensual character probably on the show. And he doesn't know what's going on. No, um no. Okay, so the the sub Rosa reference. Mm. Um where they're in the trial, which, by the way, is um, Kirk, Kirk Kurtwood, Kurtwood. Smith. Thank you. I want to say uh, yeah, yeah, Kurtwood Smith, which I'm so glad you mentioned that before I saw it, because I really he is hamming it up as that character he when really he's is. the alien. He's so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was hilarious. But um, yeah, when um, Royler gets very animated and passionate and he's like, did Kirk know this? Did so and so know this? And he's like, did Crusher know that there was... <laughs> He's saying something like, did Crusher know there was a an alien entity in that lantern before she hooked up with it? No. And he's like, on that Irish planet? <laughs> I know. He called it like the alien from the Irish planet yes. that she hooked up with that one time. I was like, yes. I mean, we we appreciate this. This is like, because first of all, Sub Rosa is terrible. So it's so much fun to make fun of it. So like having a little reference like that. <laughs> yeah excellent excellent job i mean there there are a lot of fun moments like that there was some thing where like mariner was like yelling an insult at somebody and she's like i'll send you to deep space 12 or something and then somebody in the background's like oh man deep space 12 yeah and <laughs> something eight i think yeah yeah just like because a lot of this stuff feels like stuff that fans say while they're watching a show. You know what I mean? Like it's like if it was the the Mystery Science Theater 3000 of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really very much enjoyed. Very much enjoyed it. I, I, I did have oh. a couple of favorite moments, though. Yeah. Uh, one of which was the whole episode where Mariner creates that holodeck program where she casts herself as the villain and she wants to beat the shit out of her mom and it's just i had just had to say this and it's a star trek movie so of course there are yes. like credits zooming in on them and hitting some of the characters like in the head 
And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and somebody, I forget who says it, but somebody's like, ooh, nice font. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they have like the very like elaborate zoom around of the ship. Like they even kind of make fun so of long. the cinematography of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Of, Star Trek, of, of Star Trek, the motion picture. Like there's that whole scene with the Cerritos, but it's like. It's modeled directly after that whole very long. And one of the officers is like crying because it's just so beautiful. <laughs> That's great. But it's it's of course like it's the emotional part that I that I'm yeah. talking about. It's the part where she fights herself. So like the the holodeck program is full of of perfect replications of the whole crew because Boimler has hacked all of their personal logs. Oh god. Sorry, his name <laughs> so is the- Boimler. I think I'm saying Broiler. Boimler. I cannot get some oh. of these names. Cuz they're weird Boimler. names. Fine. Boimler. I'm sorry, keep going. Boimler. Boimler. So, he's he's created uh he created a, a holodeck program based on everybody's personal logs so that he could do better at an interview. <laughs> And he's trying to do this goal <laughs> while being in a movie setting. Like they're it's they're jet skiing hilarious. in the beginning. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's really fun to like see. I I love when like somebody walks into a holodeck program and everyone in the holodeck program is taking it very seriously, and they're like, "This is just a holodeck program." Like, can can I just can we get out of here? <laughs> can we can you can we go to the bar and get something to drink? Like I'm why are you in here? You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're like treating it like it's just a room, you know, they're not treating it like it's like what is mm-hmm. happening in there anyway. So Mariner hijacks it and re and writes it up as like a huge Star Trek movie and then ends up in a situation in which she is like, she's beating the shit out of her mom, but then her, holodeck character comes and rescues her mom so she's having this whole fight with her holographic self that is based on her true self and it's so like insightful and lovely and and like touching to watch this this character like actually figure out what is going on with them emotionally and I thought it was really a cool use of the Star Trek universe to in universe technology to get to a really vulnerable and like personal place. Like I was like, look at you guys like going for the deep shit. Yeah. Cause they, it's still even literally being entertaining says, and funny. Yeah. yeah Cause part of the, the humor of it is the fact that it's requested that she does therapy and yeah. she says, this is what I'm going to do for therapy. And it's just to basically like run around and kill everyone and just kind of yeah. do like this, this fantasy of hers. And then, yeah, it meets up with that. And she even admits like, wow, that therapy works. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that, how they can touch upon like uh, more, more serious notes for the characters. Yeah. I mean, obviously serious in the context of this kind of cartoon, <laughs> like it's nothing. Yes crazy but yes. it does give the characters somewhat of an arc and I think I think we'll agree that Mariner has has the most arc she has the most to deal yes. with everyone else yes. right now is definitely got personalities and characters that I feel like have defined themselves by the end I, yeah. I think in the I mean Boimler's growing a little bit I would say but like for the most part I mean we know that yes Mariner is yes. the star Mariner of the show is, so. yeah whereas it's it's so funny because I remember 
like in uh, my character design teacher talking about a lot of times when you have a main character which which Mariner is kind of presented as the main character the central character I'll say of the lower decks crew you know at least in all the marketing and promotional materials and and even in the show and everyone else is kind of a satellite character and they're kind of a um like a they're almost like a flavor just like if you think about mickey mouse like donald duck is angry Mm -hmm. goofy is goofy like they don't those side characters kind of stay in their lane and Mm -hmm. that's how i feel about boimler and kendy and rutherford is that even though they do have room and characteristics they have a personality like they're meant to stay a little bit more in their lane and mariner's the one that we're gonna see kind of developing i i did like that episode too where her old best friend from the academy is like the babysitting captain while her mom's away and uh that that was kind of fun too i felt like that had moments that you were talking about where she's like what happened to you (laughs) yeah she's like what she's when 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 her friend figures out that she's trying to like fuck up her opportunity on purpose or in some cases she is like <laughs> yeah yeah it's like she yeah really where is she's trying like, but she's like you're she's beefing this yeah, yeah 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 and she's like but maybe it's because like that there there were uh you know if any of you have ever listened to our podcast you know that larissa loves a good friend moment in star <laughs> trek and there were quite a few of them in that episode it was a very it was like a nice like strong female friendship where they're trying to support each other or one of them's trying to support the other one. And it's just, I fucking love that shit. <laughs> I need, I just want to watch people be good friends. And if you think about it too, um, I forget how much of Rick and Morty you've really watched. Not a ton. Okay. But I, I'll just say yeah. from. It I, was mostly because of the uh, burping and barfing noises, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say though, like, even though it's, it's very much. A silly ride. I don't want to say there's serious moments, but Rick has a, a a relationship with his daughter, which is complicated and is touched upon several times. He has a relationship with Morty, which is complicated, and you know, uh, yeah. the the father and the mother, like they they have problems. They get divorced. Like they they have all this humor, but they do have these dynamics to work with and kind of yeah. mine when they're writing stories. And I think yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm starting to see here too is a little bit of that going on, which is nice. I, I think they actually set it up really well to season yeah. two. Like, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I can see that, that being the case with Rick and Morty because like I've seen all of Community. So like I know Dan Harmon's like writing style okay. and like what he tends to do with characters and stuff. And I do, I did really enjoy community quite a bit. So like there always is some depth there with character relationships with each other. There's always something, even though everything is ridiculous all the time, (laughs) there is, there's always something true in, in some of the friendships, you know, even, even if the characters are over the top, there is something relatable. There's always something that makes sense in our real world. And I really I do get that from from Lower Decks as well. Like there there are very true and honest uh, relationship moments in almost every single episode of this series, like very, very real mother daughter stuff, very real best friend stuff, very real. Just like self-discovery, uh, like, you know? Yeah. Self-discovery, like like dealing with a colleague that you don't get along with or like trying to support a friend when you don't really know how, like all of these things are are in it and that's i think one of the things that makes it a good tv show yeah. a good tv show and, you know and these things are like not new like you know yeah the absolutely has this right 
yeah, it's, it's kind of like the skeleton of like this, this, and this character, or this and this dynamic. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, so but I, I'm glad to see that so that it, it can, you can kind of hang a story on those dynamics, which is good. Yeah, but yeah, the last episode, which speaking of references, the the packlets is that what they're called again? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> they come back. The packlets. The packlets come back. <laughs> I actually, I know you haven't seen it, but I. That episode I thought had really interesting music. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Um, it just just mainly like the action scenes when the Packlids do mm-hmm. come out. But I was really curious. I I thought you know the compositions, the cinematography, and the music was very effective. Yeah, I mean, from what I remember, I I enjoyed it all. I enjoyed it all. I thought they did a good job of like we're at the end of season one, and what's going to happen to these characters? We have to wait till season two. So again, kind of like spoilers, but yeah, you know, Rutherford loses his, his, um, it's like violently ripped from his head. Like I if know, you went, his, cyber, his it, cybernetic implant. Yes. If you went, um, frame by frame, I mean, you even see like, I think the eye socket and yeah. I mean, it's not gory, but it's like, damn. Um, but he loses his memory. So, you know, that, that's kind of something they can work with. You know, uh, we find out that Boimler has been transferred upon his request to the titan because troy and Riker show up that's kind of like a fun thing at the end of the season i really yeah. love animated troy by the way her eyes are so big <laughs> i know i love animated troy though too i do i do yes. but also i have to say this is the second time in a new star trek series that we've seen will show up with the fucking titan and save everyone <laughs> yeah right it ends the same way picard does <laughs> although i like how there seems to be more like Every time I've seen Riker in a scene, whether it's the season two trailer or this, there's like some sort of jazz reference. And I kind of hope so that's hilarious. a thing. Like every that. time so there's going to be some sort of silly jazz reference. Oh, the jazz. What if he just walked around with a trombone? I would love that. Oh my God, please, please. I hope that he brings the trombone on the bridge and tries to talk to everybody, but with the trombone. Like there was oh like that one scene. I hope like <laughs> I hope he like well he like shows up with his trombone and he just like sounds like the teacher from peanuts. from peanuts. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. I hope he just does a wah wah at some point. Like wah wah. Every episode he just like I pops am in. ready for him to come back and play Nightbird for fucking finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Coming around. And then and the Mariner is kind of like um pissed because she didn't know Boimler was doing this um we also see in season two trailer it looks like Boimler's a little in over his head <laughs> oh yeah that's right so Mike McMahon tweeted on April 5th the new teaser trailer for season two of Lower Decks which is officially happening and we just watched it together and it looks like there's gonna be some fun Ooh. shit like like you said Boimler looks like he's a uh, not having the best time uh, on his dream job. It looks like he's a little scared. <laughs> Which is true. Like space is terrifying. Like I said before. Uh, right. Space is fucking scary. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So. So. And what I love is that these things can be resolved over the whole season or just like one episode. You know, it might be yeah. like all these things are taken care of. Rutherford might have his memory back intact. And it's like, hey, from the time between season one, and season two. He got his memory right? back. It was just something that happened. That was end. a little bit heartbreaking, though, for I me. Like, know. When, I when do. Because, like, I love Rutherford. I know you said he was, like, your favorite character, and I can see why. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's 
It's not just you guys. It's not just because Eugene Cordero is Filipino. <laughs> it's also because I tend to like the nerdiest, sweetest character. He is the ultimate like friendship <laughs> moment character. I think. Yeah. At least in this show, like he's he's like the Jordy. Oh, he's so much. You know, more. he's like yeah. He's but he's brother but he's like <laughs> yeah. But he's like way more naive. But like also like just really like he's so kind and he just like wants to help everyone. And it's I love that. That's my fucking favorite. He's very sweet. And he's so he's so sweet and goofy. I also have to say with the last episode real quick. This is my last note. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I got to squeeze this in. No, no, I got to I also love uh, when Riker walks in and <laughs> there's a great, the great Enterprise reference when he's like, oh, sorry, I was on the, he's like, I was just on the holodeck checking out the uh, Enterprise crew. Uh, which is a great <laughs> reference to the last, <laughs> last episode, episode of Enterprise, Enterprise where you find out this has been like Riker researching the crew <laughs> and it's considered one of the worst finales in like TV history. It's um, so bad. But then he says, yeah, you know, Archer and that group. Wow, that was a long road. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He says that was a long road for them getting from there to here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, thought, I just, oh my God. It, no, we literally like just talked I about know. that theme song. Like, That's great. Yeah. Oh my god! I've, yeah, I fucking love it. It's it. I I I also love that like they're not leaving anyone out so far. No one, no series has it's been safe. left out. <laughs> no one. Yeah, safe. they're talking about everyone. <laughs> so that's good. I do hope that like we continue to get more focus mm. in season two, so that like I I'm not still like sort of like on the edge of my seat like like hoping I don't miss any references <laughs> right. to things. Although it is fun to like watch it more than one time and then find more, more Easter eggs in there. It's funny too. Cause in our first, our first conversation about lower decks, we were like, you know, season one episodes, season one episode, season one, we've, we've said it before. Like if we're honest about it, a lot of the season ones of, I mean, I think pretty much all the season ones are pretty rocky. I think, yeah. that, I think this is a pretty strong season one. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, really strong. I know it's a completely I'm, different animal, but like it's Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Again, it may not be for everyone. Like if it's just not your flavor, if you're not into the Rick and if Morty you don't animations like humor, or something, you yeah. just may not connect with it. But I thought it was I thought it was really fun. Yeah, yeah. And and also like I think that because it has this this uh sort of more sitcom kind of flavor to it it is probably even without all of the um understanding of the references mm-hmm. it's probably a little more digestible oh, yeah well it's episodic than, just yeah, like if you yeah. think about it like at least next gen of voyager and tos was like you can kind of just like plop yourself in and you don't have to really mm-hmm. worry too much about feeling left out of like wait what's happening yeah you can't just watch yeah. episode five of picard or else you're going to be confused Oh yeah, absolutely not. There's no way. Yeah, you can't. You can't really just drop in in the middle of Discovery and just. <clears throat> it's just not possible. Like you can barely do that with DS Nine. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, it, it's refreshing. Kind of gotta know. I would say it's refreshing to have this because it's something where you you can do that. You know. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to be so committed to it. Yeah, and I feel like um, it's possible that Strange New Worlds, or or they've said yeah. that Strange New Worlds is going to be more that way. Like it's going to be more. Like Adventure of the Week, like you say, which cool. We're gonna have a couple of those. I am curious to see what uh, Section Thirty One is gonna be like. Oh, if gosh. that's gonna be more of 
of a like longer like season long story arc or if that's going to be episodic. I have a feeling that it's going to be more story arcy. Yeah. You know. I again, like I going back to the Mandalorian, I think that's a really good example of how a show today can take a a very I don't even want to say it's like small world, but it can narrow the focus like down and 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 still be this story arc, but mm-hmm. have it in these kind of bite-sized chunks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of the nice thing is there's the overall mission of getting the child back to wherever he needs to be. But mm-hmm. like, I really do feel like if I needed to, to some degree, there are certain episodes of that that I could pull out and say, hey, watch, watch this one. Yeah, I mean, so I am pleasantly surprised with this series. And I am absolutely looking forward to the second season. I love this new like branch of Star Trek. This feels like uh, a very um, organic sort of place for it to go. Like I was afraid this was going to feel forced. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. At at the beginning, you know, but now I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, this, this feels so honest to the fandom. (laughs) <laughs> like all of these jokes are like jokes we've made on forums or made to each other you know like all it's it's like somebody here's what it is it's it's like if if mike if somebody took star trek meme culture and made it into a show a 10 episode animated show yes uh, yeah yeah and i think I, I mean yes it has the references and the jokes and kind of like that fan service but i i just genuinely found many of the episodes fun to watch just like if I was watching mm-hmm. anything else you know yeah yeah so they're definitely yeah. based in Star Trek and and some of them like the oh like again the ship that has all the accidents <laughs> all the Starfleet <laughs> accidents like that one oh my God, was very much she's trying to keep it but it's like keeping the film on the things <laughs> Oh my god. So that was one that was rooted in again like a reference or a, a Star Trek observation I would say, but I I found the story they weaved from that to be entertaining just like I was watching anything else. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You know, I think we talked about how our significant others were entertained even though they're not the biggest Star Trek fans and I think that also is a is a testament to the reach it has. Uh there were mm-hmm. a couple of references like I said I have to admit I'm like nope, don't mm. Don't know that episode. Um, and I felt I could get the humor, even though I felt like I'd probably appreciate this a lot more if I saw the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but and, th- and that's sort of one situation in which I feel like or or one aspect of this that I feel like is is where it sort of went too far is that like I don't want anyone to f- I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel like um, <laughs> you don't want to feel like you have I to don't. study for this show. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay to like make reference to something that I don't m- maybe don't know, but also like if you're making a reference to something and like we don't remember it, like we have a Star Trek podcast, like we're <laughs> invested in Star Trek, like maybe that's not the best. I don't know. That's the, that's that's really one of the only criticisms I still have of of the series is that like I don't want to feel like I have to. St- study star trek to yeah like to, like to those feel, big concepts to get all the jokes yeah like holodeck going wrong okay cool like everyone's gonna yeah. know that reference 
some of the and as long as they're sprinkled in here and there. Yeah, like then like it's a fine. To the Janeway maneuver, like that's fucking hilarious. You know, like I, like like the the um statue of Miles O'Brien, <laughs> like the, <laughs> even even just like the the exocomp, like it's there's only one episode with exocomps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there like now two episodes. <laughs> so like even taking something that's potentially pretty like deep in the the lore of star trek is fine it was just because that there there were just so fucking many yeah especially in the earlier them. part of the series so i i definitely yeah. have to say the the later half although you know it's been a long time since i seen the earlier ones but i just my gut tells me yeah my gut tells like me that breathe. like it gets better and you're rewarded for um yeah. watching all 10 episodes definitely yeah 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 it it definitely feels like they breathe more. And oh man, I just find it very refreshing too cuz again like as a parent in a pandemic still, like I don't always know what's going to happen day today. So sometimes when a more grander epic cinematic series like Picard comes out, it's hard for me to commit to watching it regularly enough where yeah. I kind of stay on top of things and I don't start forgetting. This is nice yeah. cuz you really can you can binge watch three or four episodes or you can watch one episode once a month and you'll be fine yeah 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 absolutely i mean honestly y'all this is like why we haven't talked about discovery yet i know i'm sorry because <laughs> it's because there's so much there is so much of it though to your point there's three though, seasons and they're lo- they're like 45 minute long episodes and it's a really to your point though i kind so of much. just don't want to be crazy just pop in and I think we talked about maybe me just yeah. like popping in on season three and start watching and then us talking oh and I God. could be like, what the hell is this about? <laughs> because really, I I mean, I'm okay, like whatever, but I just really want to talk about season three. Like I don't right. really care okay. about talking about seasons one and two because like they've been out for a while. Yeah. Everyone's talked about those, but like I, and I also like, they're, they're fine. They're fun, especially season two. I really enjoyed, but like season three, Ooh, is it a different oh. showrunner? I I haven't followed like the behind the scenes. Is there like a big no, switch from they, season two to season three in any of the people who are in charge? They brought in new directors, hmm. and they're like the the diversity of the people that they're bringing into work on the show is just like getting broader and broader and more awesome, and they just keep giving Sonequa Martin Green like really fucking cool stuff to do. Okay then. All right. <laughs> and there there are new cast members and there are like three main new cast members and then there's a new villain and it's just good times. Yeah. Good times. It's good time. It's very good time. But yeah, that's it's like very, a, very a really good, good example of what I'm talking about. Like I I, I do want to check out Discovery, but it just feels it's like just such a lot. A big it feels like like a big project like a whole ham has been placed in front of me and I'm like, dude, I just want to slice. Like I, yeah, mm. it's definitely a lot. I, it's like, yeah, the difference is discovery is not casual watching. Yeah. Lower decks is casual. And that's why like, like there's going back to TNG yeah. and Voyager and just like for deep, deep space 90, yeah. even though it had more of a, you know, over, uh, overarching story, but it's like, yeah, you yeah. just pick an episode and, yeah, and you can just put it on and yeah. have a good time. Yeah, I mean, Discovery is, because it feels important, I guess, and because there's there's so much more going on, and because it is 
not episodic because it is a big story arc. Like you feel like you have to keep track of what's going on in order to get the full experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're you know? not paying attention, you're not yeah. going to get the the full impact of the story and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't feel that kind of pressure when I'm watching Lower Decks. Oh, obviously not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's definitely like I want to get a Star Trek fix, but like I'm not trying to like take notes on Discovery, even though I fucking loved this season. I'm going to watch Lower Decks. I'm going to put on an episode of Lower Decks. You know, that's that's fine. I, that's it's fun. Yeah. I know we talked about this last time, too, but like I would love to go back and watch TAS. Oh, yeah. And talk about yeah. Some, talk about some of those. Because there's some fun shit. All right. Yeah. Let me know which ones I should watch and we'll do that. Yeah. We can like, we'll do a, <laughs> a Larissa's top three. <laughs> Larissa's top three, the animated series episodes. Nice. It, it feels sort of more like Scooby-Doo or something. I just, like I said, I <laughs> just remember Spock is riding a brontosaurus at some point, I think. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fun. I mean, there's a lot of fun shit. Yeah. Um. Oh, taking, taking, going from that to sort of a, a wrap. I hope to see more non-humanoid aliens because this is an animated series. You can literally do whatever you want. You know, Very true. we don't have to, we don't have to worry about like making prosthetics and like integrating live action with CGI, you know, like you can, they can just draw it. So like there's something in the trailer with a whole, it's like a snake with a whole bunch of heads. Like, yes, Yes. Yeah, just I more like that. crazy stuff like that. Yeah, more weird alien shit. Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show on Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. They actually had the, the space salamander from Threshold. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Went back and found the babies. <laughs> <laughs>